1: Happy Friday. (laughs) Can you believe we're here already? I know a lot of you are saying absolutely thank goodness. It's certainly good to uh, be here on the edge of another weekend. An opportunity to unplug, relax, hopefully. Hope you have some great plans in store. And we'll continue to follow all the news of the day throughout the weekend. Don't worry. We'll pay attention to all of that stuff for you. (laughs) I have to tell you, uh, there are times when you experience things that are just surreal. Even though it's from a distance, you're seeing pictures, you're seeing video. And you're just kind of stunned as you sit there. And maybe you share this with someone else. You see the headline, you see pictures... and you find what's in front of you just almost unbelievable well that's exactly how i felt yesterday evening when i saw some of the pictures that emerged out of japan it's just mind-boggling but at the same time as i've emphasized so many times on this program and, and I, I hope you understand that I don't view this as fatalistic. But I just recognize that human nature, there's no escape. There really is no escape from human nature. No matter what. At least in the way the world is operating right now, there is no solution for evil. It's going to rear its ugly head in places that we just simply do not expect. And there's no way that we can stop it all. This is one of the errors, I believe, of progressivism, is that somehow there's a solution. There's an answer to everything. And I I don't know about you. I've reached a point in my life where I've recognized the mystery associated with life and, in fact, death. Tragedy. Evil. And I think we end up going to some very dark places. When we give in to denial. And we pretend that evil does not exist. Or that somehow human beings will figure out a way to eliminate it. It's not going to happen. And at the end of the day... Despite all of our efforts, and we'll talk about this a little later on, here's a nation where guns are simply not a part of the culture in the way it is in the United States of America. And here you have a brazen assassination that takes place in the middle of the day I saw that picture of the assailant just steps away from the former prime minister of Japan, chilling. Some of the headlines Drudge has on this. Japan ex-prime minister Abe assassinated while giving speech. Shot by Navy vet with homemade guns. Shocks nation where firearms are rare. World leaders stunned and concerned. And here's a weird story. China tries to silence celebrations. Believe it or not, there are people celebrating this man's death. Why? We'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. The best coverage on this, extraordinary coverage from the UK Daily Mail. Here's their headline, Waiting to Kill. Killer who shot Shinzo Abe, seen standing just yards behind him, moments before blasting him to death. As it's revealed, he had an arsenal of homemade explosives and guns. Shinzo Abe, at 67, was Japan's longest-serving and best-known former prime minister. Giving a campaign speech... In the city of Nara, he was gunned down about 11.30 in the morning. Tetsuya Yamagami. This guy's 41 years old, was arrested at the scene. Police say he has since confessed to the shooting. What else is the man going to do? This is on video, still pictures. As I mentioned, if you have the chance to look at these, it's absolutely sobering. Yamagami is a Navy veteran who used a homemade shotgun in the killing. Police revealed they have found an arsenal of explosives and homemade pistols in his home. Here is the account given by Peter Landers, who is the Tokyo bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal. Listen up.
3: It's a shock in Japan. It's very difficult for individual Japanese to get hold of weapons. It's something that Japan has very rarely experienced. Shinzo Abe was campaigning in a national election that's taking place on Sunday for Parliament's upper house. Then, an assailant stepped forward and apparently shot Mr. Abe. The
1: picture I referred to, this suspect looks mild and unassuming, in a faded green t-shirt, green fatigues, and a mask concealing his bespeckled face. As others clapped, they of the man who was a former world leader. The gunman blasted Mr. Abe. He was rushed to the hospital with wounds to his heart and his neck. Died from massive blood loss shortly after 5 o'clock. Here's the other interesting aspect of this. Abe was shot twice with a homemade shotgun made out of two pieces of pipe attached to a wooden board with a grip and electronic firing mechanism fitted underneath. Not clear what kind of ammunition or gunpowder that he actually used in this killing. Detectives raiding his home revealed an arsenal of homemade pistols, possible explosives... Taken away for disposal, Yamagami telling police he manufactured multiple handguns, which are otherwise illegal to own in Japan. Not known exactly how he learned how to make the weapons or explosives, but he is a veteran of the country's defense forces. Served in the Navy for three years, 2002 to 2005. He's admitted to the shooting, telling police he wanted to kill Abe because he was frustrated with the former leader. But insists the grudge was not related to his politics. Who knows? What in the world drove this man to kill with a homemade weapon? Sobering story. As we head into our weekend. Much more as we continue the broadcast. Including the bizarre reaction to this in China. Stay with us. Minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without autopay plus
3: taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for walk well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
1: I'm just kind of blown away by a couple of stories that have grabbed my attention One of them involves someone that you would probably not expect to now embrace the gospel, the gospel of Christ. And also a person I got to be honest with you, I didn't have a lot of respect for a televangelist who has come out and taken what I think is a very brave position that we've discussed on this broadcast. I'll just give you a hint. Even his name, (laughs) even his name makes me very suspicious of this guy. But that is coming up a little bit later on. You absolutely do not want to miss Faith Focus Friday coming up in the next hour. Over on the text line in response to what we've discussed thus far, I mentioned the fact that we're not going to stop evil. This texture says, well, we could round up all the violent criminals and put them on an island somewhere in the middle of the ocean. That's a good start. <laughs> this texture saying, Abe assassinated as our troops are pulled out of the Pacific to borders of Ukraine, signaling to China to invade Taiwan. Sweden and Finland joining NATO despite warnings it's going to start a war. Biden's trying to trigger World War III. This touches on the story we'll get to next. China had their ass kicked by Japan until we helped them. What did we get for it? This texter, no amount of restrictions, laws, or regulations can stop crazy events. Yeah, pretty much. That's the reality of things. If you would like to join the conversation, you're always welcome. The Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. I mentioned earlier something quite bizarre. And again, you'd have to understand the history to grasp why this would be an issue at all. And I'm talking about... The reactions of celebration in China to the assassination of Shinzo Abe. Bloomberg was reporting leading nationalist figures in China are trying to silence celebrations after this assassination. There's resentment among many. He's the one who urged his country to bolster its military. A social media account of China's central television filled with comments rejoicing the attack. One Weibo post said it would be fitting if Abe atoned for his life, with his life, for Japan's invasion of China before World War II, just a day after the 85th anniversary of the start of hostilities in 1937. Here's the crazy thing about this. It's one thing to post something like this on social media. The post got 210,000 likes. After Abe died, a post saying, let the celebrations begin, got more than 150,000 likes within 30 minutes. Isn't this crazy? In a sign the Chinese government didn't want these nationalist sentiments to spiral out of control, One government leader wrote on Weibo before news Abe had died, this is the time to put aside political disputes. The person who said this is the former editor of the Communist Party's Global Times newspaper, adding, I hope there can be more people who understand and join me. A professor of international relations at one university in Beijing who once suggested China would be ready to seize Taiwan by force in 2027 wrote on Weibo that his followers should rein in their commentary. What happened today is a tragedy. Isn't it amazing you have to tell people that? But such is the nature of Nationalism. Abe angered the Chinese government, especially the more nationalist segment of the ruling party, both while he was in office and after he stepped down, especially for pushing Japan to increase defense spending and revise the Pacific Article in his constitution. In 2013, he paid a visit to a shrine in Tokyo, drew a quick rebuke from China for paying respects at a site that memorializes war dead, including World War II criminals. So there is still some bad blood. But officially, the Chinese embassy in Tokyo offered its condolences to Abe's family, saying in a statement, he made contributions to the development of relations during his tenure as prime minister. Interesting perspective on the death of the former Japanese prime minister and the reaction in China. We have a very moving story I'm going to share with you. I'm going to wait till after the break to share this with you. This was an Inside Edition story. When I saw this, I I thought I really have to share this with you. You know, I... I find myself really moved by the human tragedy that we've seen unfolding in recent days. I share with you about the outpouring of support for the little boy who survived the shooting on July 4th. We've learned a little more information about how this went down. You're going to hear a chilling account of this coming up in just a bit. I believe if I saw correctly that fund for him has just it's it's completely um, it, it's absolutely amazing it's the only way to describe the outpouring of support to make sure that this little boy is well cared for provided for I did want to briefly mention before we go to break, do we even have time? Uh, I, I can't do this story justice. But coming up, uh, you're going to hear this story that is, is it's really about a father and son, and also a father and son, a father and son who responded to the shooting to help people. But a father and son where a father laid down his life. To protect his son. That's coming up in just a bit. Also, I mentioned Faith Focus Friday. You don't want to miss it. You, If you want to find hope and inspiration, um, we've got it for you. Coming up in the next hour as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. Over on the text line, Vince, the Chinese have hated Japan since World War II. Also, this. Maybe Japan should consider banning assault weapons with high capacity magazines from law abiding citizens. Oh, wait! Yeah. It, it, it still blows my mind. See, this is another example, folks, of what happens when people have this misguided idea that somehow you're going to eliminate the threat of weapons. Here's a guy who made his own weapons. <laughs> Do you not understand this is ultimately a heart issue? That's what it is. And I've said this before there are horrendous things that people can do that have nothing to do with guns And I don't even want to begin. I'm not going to go down the line of talking about these things either You want to kill a lot of people there are plenty of ways to do it and as horrific as these shootings have been Someone who has a heart to do evil will figure out Ways to carry that out. I just believe that On the lighter side, Vince, I just wanted to thank you for recommending the show The Boys on Amazon. I am hooked. What an awesome show. (laughs) I felt like I had to let you know how much I appreciated the recommendation. Have a great weekend. Love the show. And thanks for all you do. That is from Yancey. Well, thank you. I'm glad uh, that recommendation was helpful for you. I assume there's another episode coming out today. Thanks for that reminder because... I need to make sure that I watch. <laughs> ah, I want to get to a couple of things regarding the shooting that happened earlier this week in Highland Park. I first want to share a story about a very moving couple of storylines here between father and son a father and son who rushed to the aid of a father and son and that father and son a situation where the father was looking to shield his son from gunfire I want you to listen and take in your mind and your heart this Inside Edition account of A father and son who responded after this horrible shooting in Highland Park. Listen up.
2: They are the hero father and son who rescued little Aiden McCarthy from the carnage in Highland Park. Tom Brooks and his son Morgan had just arrived at the parade when the shots rang out. As the panic crowd scrambled to get away they saw little Aiden pinned under his grievously wounded dad.
4: Morgan says there's a boy dad and I said let's go and he's like no there's a boy I didn't register at first and then he showed me he said there he is and he was like let's go get him I'm like let's go get him I tried to pull the boy from my nurse father right by his arms but he was he was underneath him pretty good so I think Morgan at the time helped me or helped you know Helped the guy get up a little bit, moved him up just enough so we can pull out Aiden from under his father.
2: Kevin McCarthy was still breathing, clinging to life, blood pouring from multiple gunshot wounds. His wife, Irina, close by, apparently already dead.
4: He was breathing, but he wasn't saying anything. He wasn't able to uh, speak, but he was able to breathe.
2: They say Aiden, who was covered in his dad's blood, remained calm. You mentioned Aiden was talking. Uh, he was saying things. What was he saying?
4: He would a dad shot, mom shot, and I would say to him, everything's going to be fine. I didn't know his name, you know, I, I didn't know. I was just talking to him, telling him, everything's going to be fine. And that was, he just kept on saying that over and over again. He wasn't crying, very calm, you know, very wide-eyed. When we pulled him out from under his father, we inspected him, pulled his shirt up, because um, he had blood all over him.
2: The brave little boy is now an orphan. What will he remember of the awful day that changed his life forever? How do you tell a two year old that his parents are not coming back? Sooner rather than later is better, as difficult as it is, because if you wait too long, then Aiden might feel like he was deceived in some way. It can actually cause a different type of traumatic reaction where he was expecting his parents to come back at some point for months before he finds out that they're never coming back. As Kevin McCarthy lay dying, yeah, this brave that. father and son tried to comfort yeah. him.
4: We spoke to him at the end. We, we were telling him that the son's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. His son is safe. You know, that's what we were. That's what we were telling him.
2: They want the world to know that Kevin did everything he could to protect his son. You thought this man was saving his son's life.
4: He was shielding his son in the last moments of his life. True hero. Unbelievable.
1: Wow. Is that not moving to hear this account? By the way, that GoFundMe account that we told you about yesterday, I think when we told you about the story originally, the figure was around $2 million. Now it's up to three. And I know in this case there's no replacement for parents there's no substitute for parents but I'll tell you what I I think it's absolutely wonderful that people have stepped up to the plate and served in the way that they can which is how can we provide for this little boy for his future and make sure that he is financially secure and he clearly will be I understand he is with his grandparents they're going to need so much help, so much grace to be able to raise this little boy. Hmm. Man. Speaking of the story, there's something else that grabbed my attention. We've already talked about the subject. The suspect, Robert Cremo the Third. And I want to be very clear here because I'm not piling on this I mean this guy's father can you imagine being in this place what a horrible place to be yet at the same time something grabbed me in his comments in an interview with the New York Post there was a point we told you about where his son threatened to murder the entire family you remember that He threatened to murder the entire family and kill himself. And by the way, you know, even after this, he would go on to sign to allow his son to get the weapons he was able to attain. Get a load of this. In this interview, he called his son's threat to murder the entire family a childish outburst and insisted that those knives, those 16 knives, including a sword and a dagger, we're just a collection. You know, I used to collect coins and baseball cards. Oh my gosh. You can understand this father was in complete denial that he had a psychopath as a son. I wonder if he gets it now. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio program. And those of you outside of the city of Charlotte, just bear with me as we talk about something that started yesterday, early voting for city elections. Now, <laughs> Oh my goodness. How many people are in the city of Charlotte? Now I'm, I'm kind of getting on Charlotte's case a little bit here this is why I'm kind of calling people out here because one of the things that's always frustrating to see is the lack of engagement so our population here is what nearly 875,000 all right 875,000 how many people do you think showed up for early voting on the very first day well it's not a pretty sight According to the man who is going to join us now in the broadcast, our good friend, Brett Jensen, uh, from breaking with Brett Jensen. You can listen to that broadcast Monday through Friday on news talk, 1110 WET seven to 8 PM. Welcome back to the broadcast, Brett.
0: Appreciate it, Ben. Thanks a lot.
1: So we had people just running out to the polls to vote on the first day of early voting. Didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Not
0: exactly. (laughs) Um, you know, it was, I went yesterday, as I always do, on the first day of early voting, whether it's in November or primaries or whatever, and I always go to the same voting location because it's a good way to get a barometer of what's going on. And I've been doing that for years. And I showed up yesterday, and there were there was nobody there. And I was like, "What? what is, this is a little odd. I mean, I know elections in July are unusual, but okay. And... When I was there at 2 o'clock, roughly 120 people in six hours had voted. So they were averaging 20 people an hour. This is one of the busier places in Charlotte for voting, for early voting. And they were just averaging 120 – I mean 20 people an hour to vote. And so so I thought to myself, Vince, well, let me go near the closest Harris Teeter, the big grocery store chain, right next to this place that's voting, and let me just ask random people – in the parking lot at Harris Teeter, if they knew that yesterday was the first day of early voting for mayor and city council. And not surprisingly, most of them didn't. But Vince, listen to this audio because one person actually knew it was early voting. Are you aware if any of your other friends know that today's the first day of voting? I I don't think so. I I definitely didn't know. I I don't think they would have known either. Are you aware that today is the first day of early voting for the mayor in Charlotte City Council? No. That seems to be the common theme around here. <laughs> Are you aware that today is the first day of early voting? I am. So you're one of the one of the few. And you're you the unicorn. And do
3: you know why I'm aware of it? Because I heard it on WBT News this morning. <laughs> so I listened to. I was listening to Vince Cookley. I came in late. got something else, and Vince was telling me that early voting today so that's how I was aware and I'd forgotten all about it and I thought to myself and this is what you're getting at is that like it's Charlotte voting and they put it in the middle of the month during vacation time and mostly nobody knows it's early voting now because it's not been advertised
0: yeah I just went to the Moorcroft library and they've been open about six hours and only 120 people have voted in six hours of voting okay (laughs) there you go (laughs) Vince.
1: that is pretty amazing so I'm glad at least one person listened right (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly you're doing a public service
1: <laughs> we work at it here no question about this and, and this is one of the questions I think a lot of people raise why have actual election and, and people need to understand this is not a primary these are actual elections how did this end up happening what's the rationale behind it
0: yeah so the primary was in the middle of May May 17th if I'm not mistaken and so that's a quick turnaround from the primary to the general election but it's just for the city elections, as you mentioned. The school board, county commissioners, all that, that's taking place in November. Now, here locally, people in South Carolina need to understand, here in North Carolina, or at least in Mecklenburg County, they like to do local elections on opposite years of federal elections. So midterms in 2022 that are coming up in November – Usually the local elections are held in the odd years, 21, 23, stuff like that. Well, because they pushed everything back because of the census and took so long to get and the redrawing of the lines, everything got pushed back a year. So school board and Mecklenburg County commissioners, instead of having their elections last November, they pushed it up forward to this November. But the city decided, well, we're not going to do it. We're not going to wait until November. We're just going to go ahead and do it now and – they went ahead and they knocked it out, and they're doing it right now in July. And general, and the actual election day is July twenty-six.
1: Well, what's the conventional wisdom on who does this help?
0: That's the that's the great question. I don't know if it helps anybody <laughs> other than the fact that you get the new people in there quicker. Mayor Pro Tem Julie Isolt, um, she's been the mayor pro tem the last few elections and the last couple of cycles and she decided not to run for re-election and so there was going to be a new mayor pro temp um basically for people who don't know that means you're your vice mayor you got your mayor then your vice mayor like president and vice president And so that's what it is and so but out and other than getting the new people in i don't know if it does anything else honestly i really don't think it does
1: all right well for those of you who have not voted here in the city of charlotte the early voting is underway for mayor for city council. Please go out and vote and be sure to listen to Brett Jensen's show. You do not want to miss it. Breaking with Brett, right? It is Monday to Friday, 7 to 8 p.m. Be sure to listen. Thanks very much for joining us, Brett. Appreciate
3: it, buddy. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.